This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning and welcome to Score Values on 670 The Score. I'm Adam Staczynski. On this week's show, we discuss a campaign hoping to help prevent suicide amongst veterans Plus, an event at Northwestern this weekend is marking the 50th anniversary of Title IX. The Jesse Brown VA Medical Center has a new campaign that's hoping to help engage the community and former military and armed services members in suicide prevention. The campaign is being called Mission Reach Out. I spoke with Jeremy D'Alessio. He's Community Engagement and Partnerships Coordinator with the Jesse Brown VA Medical Center about this campaign. So, Jeremy, first off, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Pleasure to be here. Let's just dive right into things here. Mission hashtag reach out. What is it? All right. So uh, mission reach out is a suicide prevention challenge, and it's meant for everybody, not just veterans. Uh, so the idea the idea behind mission reach out it's a it's a challenge so i want everyone to think about uh the ice bucket challenge um so similar to that but it's for suicide prevention and the idea is to have seven meaningful conversations over the course of 14 days it's veteran tinged but it's for everybody because um social isolation and a lack of connectedness to others increases the likelihood that one will die by suicide so we want everybody to do this challenge and the idea is um you know if we can get people to engage in meaningful conversations and what i mean by meaningful conversations is having people learn about something or having people reach out to others and have them ask questions like and learning something about themselves others or even the world and so it, obviously and i know that you mentioned there that this isn't just for for veterans but the the reason that you guys came up with this was, you know, obviously being geared towards veterans and something that, that struck me when I, when this, when this challenge and this, and this interview came my way was that I, I knew that suicide among veterans was higher than non-veterans, but it was noted that it's 57% higher among veterans than non-veterans, which really, really, really kind of struck me because I, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a problem I knew existed, but I didn't know it was quite that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, suicide prevention is VA's number one clinical priority, and it continues to be so. Uh, and what's interesting is uh, in my job, uh, my job is brand new. Uh, I'm a part of VA's uh, what we call suicide prevention 
So VA is now taking a public health approach to suicide prevention because we realize we can't just solve veteran suicide inside the walls of our hospitals because suicide is what we call a wicked problem, meaning it has many different it prevents it presents in many different ways and has many different causes, right? So mm-hmm. we really have to do do more to reach veterans where they live, work, and thrive. Uh, because when a veteran leaves the service, they take off their uniform, uh, and they're they're just a member of society, just like anyone else, right? Uh, so we really want to uh, join together with the community and and help lead uh, lead in veteran suicide prevention. Um, and some of the re- I mean, I could talk all day about, mm-hmm. you know, some of the reasons why uh, veteran suicide might be or, or veterans might experience higher rates of suicide than their civilian counterparts, you know, just due to experiences they may have had uh, while in the service. Uh, but also uh, another um, big piece of this, too, is just that lack of connection and isolation. So I think veterans experience this at a much higher rate than their civilian counterparts because when they're in the service, they have their, you know, brothers and sisters in arms. They're, they're very used to a certain type of lifestyle. And it can be pretty jarring when you leave, and now you suddenly don't have all those supports, right? And mm. and there's a lot of other veterans and people in the community, but when you leave a unit, that unit is comprised of people from all over the U.S. So you may not have that close connection anymore. So we want to do everything we can to create that connection again in the community. Interesting. I, I'm glad that you that that you bring that up. So when you is is this obviously mission reach out part of helping to create those type of connections again? Yes. Uh, so that's and that's uh, how I ended up coming up with this. Uh, so VA actually has a national campaign called "Don't Wait, Reach Out," um, and the whole idea is we want people to be able to engage with veterans and ask, you know, ask how are you. Um, and, that, and that's actually the tagline of my uh, of mission reach out to is how are you know really because we want people to have that further conversation and 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 uh, dig dig past the surface. Interesting. And so I, I want to bring back to uh, because there were there were five things that were noted as part of mission reach out. You mentioned a couple of them. Reach out to individual whether they're even if they're not military and then again you know the primary conversation we're having here is around that but and then you know to have these meaningful conversations but something else was to listen without judgment and show compassion and so uh, why is that it might seem obvious but why is that so important such an important step here yeah so um it, it's really important when you're engaging with somebody and and, and i think that's and that's the, the stigma around suicide right is People get really nervous when I uh, say, oh, you know, uh, mission to reach out. Uh, I'm, I don't want to have these like awkward conversations with someone about mental health or suicide. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're, what we're talking about here and having a meaningful conversation is it doesn't have to be about, about mental health or suicide. We just want people to engage and, and, hear, and hear people out, right? So let's say, uh, let's say I was really, really angry mm-hmm. uh, and, and I, you know, I engage with somebody and you know, have you ever been really angry and then someone's like, just, just calm down. Mm-hmm. Don't be angry. And you're like, don't tell me to calm down, right? <laughs> all, all I want is someone to, to compassionately listen to me of why I'm angry. Uh, and, that, and that creates connection. People just want to be heard, and that is so important. I think that's a great point there, that, you know, just not just telling someone to calm down. because And that's something that I've had to – 
I've had to learn myself about is it's so it might be easy for me to calm down about something, but you're not that person, and it's it's better to to say to listen about why they're angry or upset rather than just say calm down. Like I think that's a really important point there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to listen to people, reflect back, and show them that you're listening, and don't you know don't make it all about you. I think that's what other people tend to do as well, too. It's like, well, you know, oh, this is all my, I, I, I'm hearing you, and oh, mm-hmm. these are all my problems, too. Just sit down, listen, share, share, uh, learn something about that person, and then maybe share something about yourself. And that's what creates that connection. This is Score Values on 670 The Score. We're speaking with Jeremy D'Alessio, Community Engagement and Partnerships Coordinator with the Jesse Brown VA Medical Center. And so as, as something else I want to make sure that we note here with, with back to Mission Reach Out here is to reflect on your experiences and, and share this on social media and, and of course, use the hashtag, the, the hashtag reach out, right? Yeah, so we want everyone to have seven meaningful conversations over the course of 14 days. And um, and then once you do that, I, I want you to go on social media or even with a friend or family member. If you don't have social media, you're not comfortable doing that. And just tell someone about your experience. Like, And I don't, we don't want people to, you know, tell about their private conversations that they had with other people. But, you know, you, you probably took away something from that conversation. Like, mm. oh, wow, through talking with this person, I really learned that, oh, I care about XYZ things. Or I learned this about myself or this about the world. And I want to share that. And I want to share that with others. Um, and, yeah, and use hashtag reach out. Uh, and, and, and I want you to think about the numbers here. So if we, have, if we get 100 people to do this challenge, that is 700 meaningful conversations. And that is 700 opportunities to potentially prevent someone from completing suicide. Hmm. And I, to me, that's so important. That yeah, that is a, a great way to, to think about it. And so, Jeremy, as we, as we kind of start to, to wind down here, I want to make sure I also ask this, and that's obviously the VA is a great is a, is a great resource for veterans, but can you talk about some other ways that v- any veterans that are hearing this conversation can can access care? Yes, absolutely. So there there are many ways a veteran can access care. Uh, first and foremost, we have the Veterans Crisis Line, uh, which is 988. So uh, the, the number just switched over from, it used to be a 1-800 number. Mm. Now it's 988 and then press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line. Also, uh, anyone can call this number. Uh, if you're just not a veteran, just don't press 1. And uh, there's uh, many other ways a veteran can access care. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know, if you want to find out about um, your eligibility or, you know, for benefits, you can call 1-800-827-1000. Um, you can also here in Chicago, reach the Jesse Brown VA at 312-569-8387. And then I also want to plug one other thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's say um, you're a veteran in Chicago and, and you're having some mental health issues or you need to, you know, access any type of care, any mental health care. Uh, we have a thing called the Psychological Assessment uh, uh, Clinic at Jesse Brown, and a veteran can just walk in uh, anytime during regular business hours and, and be seen by a psychologist or a psychiatrist and be assessed. Um, and then even on after hours, they can always still present to our emergency department and be seen by a, a psychologist or psychiatrist. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for, for plugging that as well. And I, I guess the last thing, uh, and this is more of a, a – 
a more general thing, but I'm curious about you know besides this 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 campaign I'll, I'll call it challenge mission reach out. What are some other ways you know non veterans like you know civilians like myself can 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 help support veterans besides this mission reach out because it's something that is you know as I'm thinking about this interview it's kind of came to my mind it's like I mean I wonder if what other ways that we can get involved to help support veterans. Yeah, so it's a really exciting time. Uh, as I mentioned, my position's brand new, uh, and my position is uh, being implemented nat- nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's our full-time job to go out into the community, join existing uh, community, community-like groups, and create new uh, veteran uh, suicide prevention coalitions. So um, really just reach out to your local VA and ask if they have a community engagement and partnership coordinator and, and you know, find out what different ways uh, you can get involved in the community. Mm. Uh, so let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, a couple of the coalitions I'm a part of is like, we started like a veteran hiking group. Uh, we have another one uh, that's built around uh, what we call ask the question, right? Because uh, an- another really big risk factor for veterans is um, it's uh, six out of 10 veterans who complete suicide are not connected to VA services mm. or are not connected to any services. So we really want to get out in the community and find these veterans. So uh, what Ask the Question is all about is training the community. So like instead of uh, when, they're, when they're screening for uh, veteran status, so let's say you're a community organization and, and you, you know, usually ask, hey, are you a veteran? We want them to ask, have you or a family member ever served in the armed forces? And that's a lot more culturally competent because mm. um, a lot of veterans may not even identify as a veteran. Um, so, and then if they say yes, we then want to we, we then train them on uh, how to connect them to local services uh, or VA services. And that's really, I, I think, the, the biggest message here uh, I really want to get across is to prevent veteran suicide or, or suicide in general. We really have to build up our community services uh, in the outside the VA and inside the VA. Uh, so we really want to break down those silos as much as we possibly can. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much. Is there anything else that, that you wanted to add before we wrap up? Um, no, I just really want to say, uh, I really want to encourage everyone to do this challenge. Uh, it's, it's one of the most unique challenges out there because the challenge itself is the intervention. Mm. Meaning if you do this, you're, you are likely to help prevent suicide in your community, in your family, uh, and then hopefully recent veterans as well. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I really just want to emphasize it, it's, it's that simple. It's, you know, because when someone is high risk, when, a veter- when, when anybody is uh, in a high risk situation for suicide, they really can't see past their immediate situation. Mm. And that simple can piece of connect, connection can can be their way out and because uh, your average person is usually uh, in high risk high risk suicidal from five minutes to 60 minutes so anything we can do to make a break in that will hopefully save some lives that was Jeremy D'Alessio, Community Engagement and Partnerships Coordinator with Jesse Brown VA Medical Center. If you want to learn more about Mission Reach Out, all of the information can be found at linktr.ee slash mission reach out. I'm listening daily. You are not alone. During these challenging times, listening is fundamental to promoting understanding and healing. 
Here's licensed therapist Dr. Chris Donahue on dealing with insomnia. A lot of us are talking about insomnia with the collective stress that we're all going through. Sleep is going to be one of the most important ways and one of the best ways to actually boost your immune system. Sleep has a really important component that helps us drop cortisol levels, which is one of the most powerfully destructive stress hormones, and helps us boost and helps our immune system simmer down and calm down. So we really do want to be taking our sleep patterns seriously. If you're feeling as though you're worrying and stress is spiking before you fall asleep, there's a lot of things we can do, such as really engaging in fun, humorous, joyful conversation. I myself have been doing gratitude lists. That's a really good way to kind of set the tone to fall asleep and to be able to stay asleep. Talk has the power to save lives. Find out more at imlistening.org. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes I do the same things over and over until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. The need for blood is constant, and sometimes that need becomes critical. From accident victims and cancer patients to premature babies and those with blood disorders, hospital patients rely on all of us to make sure that blood is on the shelves and ready to help. That's why the American Red Cross needs you. Make an appointment to give blood today by calling 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcrossblood.org. Your one blood donation can help save up to three lives. This is Score Values on 670 The Score. I'm Adam Staczynski. Coming up next, there's an event at Northwestern this weekend marking the 50th anniversary of Title IX. It's called Title IX at 50, Past, Present, Future. Professor Melissa Isaacson talked about this event on the Bernstein Home Show this week. Do you know that that Professor Isaacson was one of the things that kicked me in the pants of going to grad school? Trivial, uh, trivia, not trivial, trivia. I don't remember that. Remember, we had a, we had a conversation, and I was asking you about Medill, and okay. and and I was like, you know what? If that's what she's doing with her her life, maybe I could do that too. So yes, she, she played a pivotal role, even though she doesn't I, remember it, in in I, me I, deciding it, to go get my master's degree. And are you happy that you did? I'm very happy that I did. And it, I'm so oh, glad that you did. Yeah, it opens up a world of possibilities on what to do uh, when I'm done with the industry or the industry is done with me. It, it is. It, it's been an unbelievable second half of my career and I or second segment, whatever that is. Um, I, I love it. I'm not sure I could make it through a whole master's program. So congrats on that, even though I know it was a while ago. But <laughs> It's not easy. Yeah, it's easier well, to teach than take it. Now I got to figure out if I want to put in the time to be Dr. Holmes, oh, and boy. I'm not sure I want wow. to. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a lot of work. It's a, it's a lot of work, but you're putting together this program for Title IX. Yeah. What made you decide to do it, and what made you decide to, to have it so that it's open to the public? Because I think that's a, a valuable part of it. It is. I'm really happy about that. I mean, as you guys know, it's kind of turned into a bit of a cottage industry for me. Um you know, I wrote the book uh, a couple years ago that talked about uh, my basketball team uh, in the in West, but also was more of a coming-of-age story of, of the first generation of Title IX girls. And I think through reporting on the book and writing on it, you know, it was just very clear that 
that how important it was. And my life really pivoted at that point. And, but, you know, delving further into it, and it wasn't a treatise on Title IX, that book, but delving further into it over the last few years, clearly, uh, you know, it's not a big celebration, this 50th anniversary. It's more recognizing it, marking the anniversary uh, for what it was, which was probably the most significant law of the last 50 years. And yet, taking a look at some really serious shortcomings right now um, in terms of compliance, in terms of, you know, hiring, in terms of uh, scholarship, you know, fair shares of scholarship. I mean, real violations all over the country. The USA Today did an incredible job on it this summer, investigated it. Uh, and really, if you look at all the Title IX, uh, we try not to even call it a commemoration, but but when you look at all of them throughout the country this year, it's been more of a, oh, what's wrong, kind of a critical, you know, look at it, which is good. I mean, we need to do that. And especially, I think our timing's great on the brink of the midterms. I think, um, you know, we've got an eye on gender equity, maybe a little more than usual. And I just think it's a great time to talk about this. And we have some, you know, like you said, cool wonderful people coming in to, to do it. I would be very interested, too, to to wonder how the next era of this will deal with gender fluidity, will deal with an understanding, to get past the demagoguery and get past these made-up horror stories that, that are happening in, 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 in towns and states where there there's some susceptibility to fear-mongering and to to wanting to absorb outright lies about what this is doing and, and the mass effects on this and really have maybe one, two, three, four people who are actually affected by it. it and it's not just about pronouns. It, it's, it's about real people. Will there be some discussion about moving from a binary understanding of gender to one that is more of a, a, a spectrum awareness? I mean, what you know, we're doing a screening. We, we're in. Uh, if you mean by uh, will there be? If you mean at Northwestern, yeah. um, we certainly, you know, m- looked at it. Uh, transgen- transgender athletes in sports is a huge issue. Is is something that's probably the biggest hot point uh, of the Title IX discussion because it certainly goes right through Title IX, and. We found that a lot of people uh, actually weren't crazy about the idea of coming to campus and talking about it, sadly, because, uh, you know, it's become so polarizing and and dangerous in in many cases, Um, people talking about it in person and things like that. So we thought, well, let's try to deal with it as um, a status report, you know, as you, you look at you can't distance yourself from it. But we're partnering with Channel 11, and I think we're going to do a good job of looking at it from a human aspect, because I think that's what's missing a lot of times. Science is in the middle of it. It's never going to be solved. I mean, there are experts that are like, look, we're never going to agree on this. There are too many um, sort of uncertainties about the science. And when you talk about like you did, uh, it's it's very, very important, and yet um, – it's it's you know the battle over sort of everybody being you know not discriminated against uh whether you're a, a a transgender boy or a transgender girl we forget you know transgender men in this whole discussion as well because if it's if if you're talking about it for one you have to talk about it for both so it's it's really really murky 
It's um, very, very complex. It used to be where you lined up on one side or the other. It's right. like you had all sort of the crazy people on the other side that were, oh, transgender people shouldn't even be allowed to, you know, play and they shouldn't be allowed to participate. Now you have, you know, thoughtful arguments. Um, it's not even an argument. It's more of a, a of a stance on both sides. And it's, um, I, I mean, I've listened, <laughs> I've listened to just endless podcasts and read endless, endless stories on it, trying to get a grip. Um, you know, we've got the, the working group that, that, um, you know, is looking at one thing. It seems to me like the the problem, and you didn't ask me this, but it seems to me like the problem of it is applying one set of rules for every level. So you can't look at the elite level and then try to apply that to high school kids. You know, you can't, you can barely even apply it to college. So that's where we get in trouble is, uh, uh, you know, expecting high school kids to go through a year of uh you know, suppressing testosterone and um, having access to that kind of thing and then applying, you know, the same kind of standards and nobody would participate. And, you know, in fact, very, very few kids do. Um, there's something like less than 1% of transgender kids are playing sports. So it's it's a really murky thing. Thanks for bringing it up. I'm so confused by the whole thing. This, but no, it's very important. It's very, very important. This event, Title IX at 50, past, present, and future, if you think that this isn't just Medill, this is across Northwestern's platforms here in schools, Medill, Kellogg, Athletics, the law school, It is. this is how big this is. The event is free. It is open to the public. Is there a website, Missy, where people can go to just get all of the, the program schedules? There is. It's a little complicated, but it's title9.medill.northwestern.edu. And that's as simple as I could get it. title9.medill.northwestern.edu. You could certainly get uh, Google it, and you'll get the website. And, uh, yeah, it's very exciting that the whole campus, you don't often get an athletic department that will sort of come over to the rest of campus and participate in a way uh, that is is really you know not not that they're not capable of having these kind of events, but to um, you know to really integrate with the rest of us. Uh, they're excited about it. We're excited about it. Like you said, there are events at Kellogg. Um, you know, there's a percentage. There's a, a statistic: over eighty percent of all C-suite women, um, the most successful women in the country, were uh, team sports participants, and it's not a coincidence. Uh, so, you know, we're looking at some women who came through that sort of thing. Um, we're looking at sexual harassment and discrimination on campuses, which changes all the time. Uh, transgender athletes, like you said, um, and we're, you know, the gender and racial inequities. We don't talk often about the racial inequities because we're so busy talking about the gender imbalance in sports and what's happening with, with girls and women, which is really important. The statistics for women of color and girls of color is just embarrassing. It's just horrible. So, um, you know, for every woman that gets hired uh, to be an athletic director or coach, and it's a, it's a tiny percentage, it's uh, 30s in the 30s mm. as opposed to, you know, men, um, it's in the teens for uh, women of color. Uh, I think people would be shocked. This is sort of a different uh, thing, but participation numbers among girls of color also is going down um, in some areas. In Chicago, uh, Marshall, you, you guys remember how great Marshall was with Dorothy Gators, and we played against them in the quarterfinals in 79. 
uh, and Dorothy Eaters was the coach then, they don't have a basketball team for girls right now. They don't have enough girls to feel the team. Isn't that ridiculous? So, you know, we still have a lot of things, uh, you know, important things to talk about. And again, it's, it's, uh, with a critical eye that we look forward. And I think it's important that, that it is with, uh, with that sort of attitude that this was an unbelievable law, important, the most significant of our time. Uh, and yet, um, and yet why are we not further? You know, we've come a long way, baby. Remember that expression, mm-hmm. Virginia Slims? Virginia Slims, yeah. And in the seventies, we were so optimistic, you know, the ERA, oh yeah, we'll pass that. And, uh, you know, I'll be, you know, the coach of the Bulls. My friend will be the GM and, you know, and all will all be equal. Yay. And then 40 years later, we're packing soccer stadiums to watch, you know, women play soccer, which is wonderful around the country. But we're chanting equal pay, equal pay, uh, you know, and, and that's been remedied. But there's still um, there's still a lot of issues that I would not have thought when I was in high school that we'd still be talking about. Missy, I know you're going to be talking about them the 27th through the 29th. It's great work that you're doing. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys, so much. I really appreciate it. So that was Professor Melissa Isaacson talking about Title IX at 50, past, present, future. Events, of course, marking the 50th anniversary of Title IX at Northwestern this weekend. That's it for this week's edition of Score Values on 670 The Score. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future edition of the show, or if you'd like to share information about an upcoming charitable event, send us an email at scorevalues670 at gmail.com. That is scorevalues670 at gmail.com. I'm Adam Staczynski. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Score Values on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.